This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 151. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show we focus on everything to do with sci-fi and fantasy books. We look at epic fantasy, urban fantasy, space opera, military sci-fi, swords and sorcery, everything you can think of in between. We bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the sci-fi and fantasy book world. So look forward to that in the coming months, as always. Um, For my own author update this week, I'm still hard at work on the first draft of The Paramedic's Sorceress. This is book nine in my Extreme Medical Services series about paramedics for supernaturals. And uh, continue to look um, for some of that coming up. I will be um, dealing with uh, some of the story elements from the previous book, The Paramedic's Amazon, in the final chapters as I close this out. And I'm looking forward to wrapping up some of those loose ends. Watch for me dropping selected excerpts in the Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group over the coming weeks um, as I start to polish it and get it ready for editing and finally release sometime later this spring. You can check out more about everything I'm up to, including sneak peeks of upcoming covers, special giveaways, and a whole lot more in that Facebook group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, or of course over at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com. I always look forward to hearing from you, whether it's a comment on Facebook or whatever. I do respond back to everybody, emails, comments on my website, comments on my Facebook group. I'd love to chat with folks, so um, reach out. Let me know what's going on. Okay, on this episode, our special guest is author Leslie Kanzadi. Leslie is a blogger, author, and avid enthusiast of all things book-related. She lives in the Pacific Northwest and currently works as an elementary school paraeducator, leading small groups, supervising children outside the classroom, and providing in-class support for the teachers. Since 2013, she's been running a writing review blog called The Upstream Writer, where she posts original serials, excerpts from current and past projects, updates on her writing, and featured reviews of independently published titles. In 2016, she released her first fairy tale retelling, Princess of Undersea, a standalone fantasy retelling of The Little Mermaid. Since then, she's published a handful of stories in various anthologies, and in 2020, she re-released The Princess of Undersea as the first in a series, launching the new Undersea Saga, a four-book collection of fairy tale retellings that she's looking forward to sharing with folks out there. So let's check that out. Here's my interview with Leslie, where we chat about The Undersea Saga and a whole lot more. Leslie, welcome to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and how you got the writing bug. Well, I'm Leslie Kinzati. I, um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, and I got the writing bug very early on. I was, um, I remember just looking through books. I was always fascinated with books and just even just looking at the pictures and the fact that I could look at a picture and there was a story, automatically a story running through my head. I 
loved that. So from very young age, about as soon as I knew how to write, write and spell, I was writing stories like all the time. And it was a fun way to just kind of relive my imagination almost because the things that I would, the sort of things that I would come up with, these, my imagination is pretty crazy. So I would have these things spinning through my head. So the writing, writing them down became a way for me to um, have what I have, what was going through my head, be able to read it again to myself kind of a thing and just relive the excitement of it. That's so cool. Cause you know, I, I find that, that images spur stories for me as well. Um, I wrote a whole series because I saw a picture on Pinterest of this, like this, like chain smoking tech elf working on a, like with a soldering iron on something. And I'm just oh, like, man. and I went, that's awesome. I went, that's a character in a story. I don't know if it's, yep. the, it's the, it wasn't the main character. It didn't end up being the main character. It ended up being like, they're like, they're like, um, gadget person, but, Nice, but it was just right there instantly in my head, it like fleshed out all, all by itself. So I can, I can completely see how that works for you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, like, I know you, you kind of are doing like a, you have like a, a, I'm sorry, a series about, um, retelling of fairy tales. How did that, how did that kind of come up for you? So the series is called The Undersea Saga, and the first book is Princess of Undersea, which is a fantasy retelling of The Little Mermaid. Now, four years ago, I wrote it as a standalone. It started as a fan fiction. Then I rewrote it as an original, my own original story and, and putting my own kind of spin on the fairy tale. And I thought it was going to be a standalone and for the longest time it was. And then it was only just this year that I took a second look at it and decided that, you know what, I want to make a whole series of fantasy, uh, fairy tale retellings and, and I can use different parts of this world that I created kind of a referred to different things that I referred to throughout the story just to kind of build on that and expand it into um so there's going to be four books in the series and each book is going to deal with a different fairy tale and so that was it so it launched officially in october i self-published the uh princess of undersea and then i'm working on the sequel as we speak I love that idea because the retelling of fairy tales, they lend themselves to so many different treatments. I've seen, um, I've seen it done where it's, it takes place in, in the medieval past during the actual mm-hmm. time of the fairy tales mm-hmm. told. I've seen it in modern upbeat you know, retellings of it. Um, a good friend of mine has a series called the red hood Chronicles, which is basically, you know, all about, a. a, a a little red riding hood kind of character and, and he tells that, but in a modern urban setting, um, just, uh, just, I, I'm, I'm enthralled with the whole concept. Yeah. You, that very thing that you mentioned is the thing that I love the most is like these fairy tales 
are classics. Like they go back hundreds of years. And yet the, the things that they teach and the, and the way that they, the messages that they communicate are so timeless that 50 different people can look at the same fairy tale and retell it 50 different ways. And you have no two stories that are alike. And that's like my favorite thing. I am a fairy tale retelling junkie. Like anything to do with any kind of fairy tale retelling, I am all over it. And so just to be able to write my own series of retellings and have the opportunity to look at what has been done and then pick out different details, small tweaks that I could do differently. That's really fun to me. Yeah. I've seen so many different ways of doing this and I've even seen something like a gender swapped sleeping beauty, um, you know, where the prince is the sleeping one. And, oh my goodness. And, you know, and so I've, I'm just intrigued, you know, do you, can you tell us what the other three fairy tales are that you're going to work on in this series? Yes. So the first, so the first book is Little Mermaid. So the second one, I'm kind of, I kind of took inspiration from the story of Pinocchio. It's not a straight up retelling because I don't have, I didn't have a character that was a puppet or any kind of, I, not really a non-human. Well, I have some non-human characters, but uh, the, the main focus of the, the main character of the story is not exactly the same as like Pinocchio was, is on this journey to become a real boy kind of a thing. More like the main character. So um, the second book is called Fugitive, A Crossway. And, um, it, and, and his main motivation, he, um, is from the Island kingdom of Overcliff and he is currently, he was in a boating accident and washed up on shore on the mainland in the kingdom of Crossway. So that's where fugitive of Crossway comes in because he gets picked up by a traveling carnival and then escapes from that carnival and he just wants to get home. And so that's it's, the whole book is just his journey of getting home and like the characters that he's running into in the process of that. And um, so that's going to be the second book. And then the third book, um, I am going to do a kind of a steampunk Wild West Aladdin. And that's that going to be really, really fun. Awesome. It's going to be amazing. I am so excited. Every kind of like I'm coming up with little details to put in there as I'm writing this other, the Fugitive of Crossway. So <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. I'm like, I can't wait to write this. And then the, the fourth book is going to be a uh, Snow White, a version of Snow White, but with um, mermaids, lots and lots of mermaids. <laughs> Just, just sounds like so much fun, and and the fact that you've built this universe, this world where it can live, and and all those, all four of those stories can live within the same world that you built with Princess of Undersea, um, just makes it a lot more fun, right? Yes, uh, funny story about that. So originally, when I was just writing it as a fan fiction, the places, the place names of Undersea, Overcliff. And Crossway were all like placeholders. I I didn't have a specific like amazingly inventive 
cool sounding name for any of these locations. So I just called them. Well, I was like, okay, so it is the mermaid kingdom is under the sea. So I'm going to call it undersea and the human kingdom, the island kingdom is on a cliff over the water. So I'm going to call it Overcliff. And then there's the kingdom that's across the way. So I'm just going to call it crossway kind of a thing. <laughs> so that those are all places, but they work. The more I use them, the more I'm like, yeah, no, actually this works for like the world that I'm the world that I'm building and stuff. And it totally didn't feel out of place. And I never, I never did go back and, and come up with new place names for those. So they just kind of stuck. You know, I don't know if this is true or just an urban legend, but somebody once told me that there are a certain number of native American names that are in common usage for places today. And there are a certain number of them that just mean over there. Yeah. I, I've heard that too. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's, it literally means like city by the river. And it's like, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's very on the nose and yeah. So why not use it? <laughs> I think it, I think it works. And and the thing is that, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot worse ways to come up with place names. Um, and, and one of the things that I think fantasy authors commonly fall into is creating names for things that are hard to pronounce. And so the readers stumble over them when they get to those words. Um, they, they either make up their own pronunciation that is probably not on target, or they, they just stumble every time they hit that word. I think it's a, it's a point where they can be taken out of the story if you're not careful. So having just very common place names um, makes sense. Yeah, I... Um I have definitely been that kind of reader who sees a word and has a pronunciation, has a way of pronouncing it in, in my head. And then I go to say it out loud, even, even like real words, like, you know, just basic English and like, I'll say it. And then someone's like, wait, what? <laughs> because I just totally botched the pronunciation and then I'm all embarrassed because I like, I've never actually heard that word. I've only seen it. <laughs> so I'm just going to be, I'm going to be honest and, and call myself out here. I think I was 15 or 16 before I realized that the word rendezvous was not a synonym for <laughs> rendezvous. Oh my goodness. Yes. French. Like who, who invited French into right. the English? Exactly. <laughs> and so I just thought it was like, Oh, that's just another word for rendezvous. Um, and then when I like just hit me like a ton of bricks one day. Um, and of course now I always know how to spell it forever. Like I will never not I... know how to spell rendezvous, but you know, that's how my brain worked. I would just read it in stories and go, Oh, it's just the way they write. That's the way they write a word. That's that means to get together. Yeah. <laughs> like, like rendezvous, rendezvous order, <laughs> Wednesday, like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, you, you just have to just, just have to keep going when you hit those things sometimes. So that's all good. I just had to call myself out on that one. You're not alone in that world. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I got to tell people here that you work as a, um, a paraeducator um, helping out in an elementary school. And I just want to thank yeah. you for being, you know, one of those frontline workers in the midst of all this nonsense. Um, you know, I, my kids are all grown now, but I, I know how hard it is to be an educator and, um, so thank you for what you're doing there. Yeah, I, 
I've been a paraeducator now for, it's been like seven, eight years now. And I absolutely love it. Just the, just being able to support the teacher in the classroom and like have small groups and stuff. And of course we're not doing that now because we have to do it kind of a a little bit differently with the, the hybrid schedule and, and the new regulations and, and requirements, um, due to the pandemic. But, um, I still love and, and want to do as much as I can for these kids. And I enjoy the moment I enjoy the thing that I enjoy the most is being able to, um, communicate with, with the, the kids on their level and watch them go from total confusion and frustration, watch the light go on as they suddenly understand what we're trying to teach them. And it makes sense to them and they can go and they can use it themselves and just become a smarter and and learn smarter and, and learn more. And it just opens the world to them. In, in my past life, I, I'm a nurse and um, I'm, I'm a full-time writer now, but I still teach in the local nursing school. And I, I love that moment of discovery and the aha that you see in your students' eyes. Um, it, it, it happens with older students too. And, and it's just an amazing mm-hmm. moment where the, the, that realization strikes. And, and I completely understand what you're talking about. So a question for you, you know, like when you're working with kids, I mean, they are the ultimate storytelling machines. I mean, they soak up story. They live in story worlds um, because imagination is so key to learning in in young children. Um, Do do, do they inspire you in some way and how so? Um, Yes, I have encountered like, I've encountered so many, like across grade levels, like third grade, fourth grade, kindergarten. So many kids are so absolutely creative. I am in awe of their problem solving skills. Like when they have, when they have conflicts with each other, they're like six years old and they're like, well, maybe we could do this, this, and this, and we can fix the problem. And it's like, oh my gosh, if only adults could be that flexible in their thinking and, and stuff. And even the ones that are the ones that have a story going on in their head, kind of a thing. So the same way that I was just constantly having those stories and having that imagination, just firing on all cylinders. I, when I find that I encourage it as much as possible and there, there have been a couple of times where like, you know, um, as a paraeducator, I can watch the kid, I I'm watching the kids like at lunch and at recess and stuff. And so that's a very unstructured time. So we can just talk about anything and everything. So there was one, um, one third grader, um, found out that I was an author that I wrote stories. And so then he wanted to write a story too. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's story, let's, come up with details let's brainstorm and stuff and so he's coming up with all the details and you know I'm helping just kind of keep things in order and I'm showing him how I take notes and it was just totally fun just every day we'd go out to Reese I'd see him out 
come out to recess and he's like, okay, let's write our story. Let's do more, more. Let's think more about our story and stuff. And he was so excited about it. And like different kids, they'll tell me their stories or they'll start playing pretend on the playground and they'll tell me what they're doing and what's going through their head and the story that they're, they're just telling themselves for that 20 minutes of recess and stuff. And it's fantastic. I think that's one of the things that being a creative in, in any kind of venture, whether it's writing or, or sculpture or painting or even cooking for that matter. I mean, it, it, it's that it's, it's those people that have, we've never really lost that part of ourselves or it hasn't gone completely away as it has for some adults. Um, mm-hmm. Either it's because it's been suppressed or what, uh, you know, that, that kind of creative energy just seems to live on. And I know you do a lot to work with other creatives. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your uh, blog, the upstream writer um, and the things you do there. So the upstream writer was started back when I, I really wanted a venue to share the stories, but everything like, you know, when I was really little, the internet was new. Like I'm, I'm that old. I'm like the, between the, the, the eighties gener eighties kid and the, the millennials. I'm like right in that sweet spot. Oh, where I don't like, even want to tell you how old I was. <laughs> I, I mean, let's just, let's just put it this way. There, uh, they didn't, we had, I had an electric typewriter when I went to college because there oh wasn't computers. <laughs> um, we wow. got a computer lab my sophomore year and it was the biggest wow. thing on campus was that there was this little Mac computer lab in the corner of the English building that you could use if you wanted to. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, the I mean, upstream shit. writer. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. I get sidetracked. <laughs> So anyway, the upstream writer, I started that because, well, my dad encouraged me to start a blog because he saw me writing all of these stories on the computer and like, they're just, I was having a lot of fun, but I was like, I didn't have the confidence to know whether like I should be publishing or not kind of a thing. Would anybody else besides me even like the stories that I'm writing? kind of a thing. So I started the blog as a, a means of sharing the stories that I've already written just to kind of see who would be interested in something like that. And after, after the first little bit, I added um, uh, featuring um, independently published book reviews kind of a thing. And so that was, that was really, really fun to just support the indie author the world of indie writers as, as kind of a stepping stone of me entering into that world kind of a thing. And so just because that kind of gave me the opportunity to read more broadly and read kind of what was out there and get inspired to then continue to produce my own things and, and reading other people's books made me stronger as a writer and so, and then I, I've been adding, um, I do a serial story on Saturdays. So serial Saturdays is what I do. And so I've, I've done different types of things where, um, sometimes I'll do what's called the suggestion box where I, I hit up random people and I ask them to send me 
a name, a place, a time, and an object. And I have to put it put all those things, whatever they send me, I have to put those things together into a scene or two to make a story. And and that has been really, really fun. I've done that several times and I really love it. And then other times I'll just I'll just serialize a longer story that I've written kind of a thing and and post a little bit each Saturday just to you know, keep people coming back and stuff. And I'll, I'll post lists of books that I'm reading and I'll updates on what's going on and stuff like that. And yeah. Eight years later and I'm still going strong. <laughs> that, that's great though. And I love that. I love that like writing exercise because it's a great, it's a great way to, to kind of, turn on your creative engine. And, and sometimes I, I know for me, it's all about the routine and the habit. Um, and so coming up with ways to, to turn that energy on, like with the creative writing prompt of some sort, whether it's an image or like you said, the, 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 the four prompts of, you know, a, per, a person, a place, uh, a time and an object and create a story around those four things. Um, it's kind of like chopped, but for authors, right? Exactly. Like I never knew what I was going to get. And sometimes I would get things that kind of went together, like, you know, uh, a, a, a space invasion and a, a ship with a busted, with a busted, one of the lovers is busted kind of a thing, or the motor's broken and stuff like that. And so then it was like, oh, well, there's a scene and there, uh, I know exactly where that scene is going. I've had um, <laughs> one, one of my favorites. So it was like, I, I came from one of my friends. So I messaged her back and I said, I hate you <laughs> because she sent me a list. And like the time was the year 4093 and the object was a can of frozen orange juice concentrate. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? But I, figured it out and I felt so smart when I figured something out to do with that. So that that's the my favorite part of of that whole suggestion box thing is just like you don't know what you're going to get and sometimes it works all together and it sounds really cool and sometimes it's just completely off the wall and it becomes like I want to rise to the challenge of writing off of what they send me. So Sounds like a lot of fun. I think people should definitely check it out. That's at upstreamwriter.blogspot.com. Um, the story, the book is is The Princess of Undersea, which folks can find available for them over at Amazon. Um, I urge folks to check both things out. Um, Leslie, thanks so much for coming on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Um, I hope you get a chance to come back on as your other stories maybe come out and we can talk a little bit about the other fairy tales you've woven. Uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. I'd love to. Thank you for having me. This is fun. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I hope you'll catch up with us for a whole lot more from the 
fantasy and sci-fi focus community, both on Facebook and over at fantasy-focus.com. Leave a comment on this episode and let me know what's on your mind. Also on the website and on each podcast episode post, you'll find links to subscribe to the show. So I hope you'll do that. You can subscribe using your favorite mobile app for iOS, Android, even by email if you want. And you want to miss, make sure you do that. Don't miss any of the upcoming episodes with the awesome authors we have scheduled in the coming months. Um, You don't want to miss any of them, including our next episode where we chat with author Chris Lodwig. Well, that's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on the Facebook group at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers or at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com. Whatever you do, though, subscribe. Come back here for the next episode of the podcast. And while you're waiting, make sure you keep your eyes open out there, folks, because there's magic all around you.